All right, thanks for making Locked On Nets your first listen of the day. Much appreciated. Our original plan for Friday was to jump on with Kane Pittman, a lot with Locked On Bucks to do a series and season preview between these two teams that are on a collision course for the NBA championship. But in light of Kyrie Irving jumping on Instagram Live late on Wednesday, Adam and I wanted to talk about that, talk about some of the things Kyrie said, uh, talk about some of the just information or maybe even lack thereof that came out of the you know, a, a long and sometimes winding Instagram live session. So that's what we're going to do today. The Kane Pittman episode will go up on Saturday covering the Bucks and Nets. But for now, we're going to keep talking here about a little Kyrie Irving. But first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Nets Podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day, even over the weekend, I think, this time around. I am Doug Nori. Give us a follow. Give us, the Royal Us, a follow over at Doug Nori on Twitter. That is Adam Armbrecht, the voice of the New York Giants on the One Giant Podcast. Also, give him a follow at Adam Armbrecht on Twitter, where we're giving out all of our thoughts heading into this NBA season, buddy. How are we going? How are we doing in a podcast era where the podcast you did five minutes ago becomes irrelevant five minutes later when something new happens in the NBA world? Dead on the vine, man. We maintain our track record of excellence of around thinking we have executed the perfect time to record, only to find out it may have been just about the worst time. So we 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 do it again. Um, but I think in the positive around it is that. We covered on the last episode, if you didn't get to see it or hear it, go check it out because it covered Shams, I'll say that correctly this time, article in The Athletic that outlined some of the, what we thought, behind the scenes thinking and what was going on in the Kyrie Irving situation. Then we get Kyrie Irving, goes onto Instagram Live and talks for, for a while explaining his perspective and, and his stance on, on the vaccine and the team and, and where he is in, in general and I, I, I think it is a sub, right? It's obviously it adds to it. And the fact that you get to hear directly from Kyrie Irving is essentially what we've talked about a lot. That's what you want is if you want to know exactly where Kyrie stood, you now do. However you feel, however you feel about it, you now have exactly the words from his mouth on everything that people have been speculating on for weeks, if not months. Yeah, 11 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday night, uh, Kyrie Irving went on to Instagram Live. If you didn't see this, not everyone's on Instagram or Twitter, so I mm-hmm. there's you know there's plenty of ways that you could have missed this. Although this kind of became a national story again on Thursday, so there's a very good chance you've already kind of gotten the beats around this. But he went on to Instagram Live on Wednesday evening and did a very long, I about like long for a, you know a one take person just talking about 30 plus minutes on Instagram Live talking to at one point a number that butted up around 100,000 concurrent viewers on Instagram Live. If you want to talk about this new day and age of uh, celebrity and athlete reach, uh, this was a non, you know, this is a single person speaking with no media at all, just speaking into a camera basically and talking to about 100,000 people mm-hmm. <laughs> and probably more as people kind of jump in and jump out. So um, he gave a, at times, emotional, at times rambling, at times cogent <laughs> um, talk for around the situation. There was a lot, there was simultaneously a lot to dissect and very little to dissect. Uh, mm-hmm. There was, that's how I kind of felt about the whole thing. At the one 
on the one hand, I thought it was this new sort of world order in um, athletes speaking to fans directly and bypassing traditional legacy media. At the same time, I don't think we got too much from Kyrie in terms of new insight or updates around the situation that hadn't already been sort of sub-reported in other outlets. Does that make sense? Like, I, We'll go through some of the quotes, but that's that was my high level. I'm not, not tooting my own horn. That's like a, the <laughs> thousand-foot view, the thousand-foot view of what this IG Live ended up becoming. At only, Doug only lives at a high level. Um, no, I, I I think you're right. You know, as far as the reporting and coverage of of the situation, there's all these little threads that I think, basically, Kyrie spoke to. Right, that, that you could find credibility in a lot of the things that had been suggested up until this point. The, the part about going on IG Live and and speaking directly to fans, I think it's both. You can view it as a positive thing and also a a delicate thing because you are there live. So collecting your thoughts, right, or, or gathering where you maybe want to go next is not something you're afforded. In that regard, I credit Kyrie for basically you know, saying, hey, I'm just going to go ahead and do this off the cuff, and wherever it ends up going, it does. You and I were texting when he, when the IG Live first happened, you know, making each other aware that it was occurring. Uh, you had said something to me, so in real time, and this is just from my, my, my personal perspective on what I really took away from it. When he was talking, I was absorbing the information, Nothing about the, the, the personal perspective piece of it. And I couldn't, I wasn't sure what I was feeling while I was watching it. There was something that was, I was like resonating with me. And I was like, I don't know what this is. Is it that I'm agreeing with what he thinks or what he's saying? Or, and ultimately you said, and where I got to was, oh, I feel empathetic for him. Because I, I think that regardless of the topic, this is a guy, and we ha and you have said this before, and we touched on this before, who is an emotional person, a thoughtful person, maybe not always the, the most concrete or solidified stances as far as where he's, he's coming from with it, but he's having a hard time. Yeah. I, he's having a hard time in life, regardless of basketball, regardless of anything going on. He's having a hard time in life, and that I can, I can empathize and sympathize with of saying, man, it's hard to be having that experience while being in the position that he is. It's a choice that he made to be a professional athlete and be a, an incredible NBA player. And also, it's not like he set out the path of, and then when I'm dealing with something difficult, I'll, I'm sure I'll just navigate those waters without error or without any issue. Yeah, so I, I tend to agree with that. Let me give a couple, just for context, and just to re recap this, and then we'll kind of get it. I want to dovetail that onto what you're saying here. Let me just give a couple quotes that were from this uh, IG Live. Uh, you know, it was long, so I don't think, I think uh, picking, and ch I'm going to cherry pick some of the uh, some of the stuff for that he said here. Um, again, it was, like I said, it was rambling. I, I, and you're going to see, I'm going to round back into what you said, because I think there these two things are, are um, attached. So... He starts off by saying that he believes he's standing with people, um, with all those that believe what's right and people that are entitled to do what they feel is best for themselves. Um, that he believes that this talk around vaccines is dividing our world. I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, and then he shows like some general sadness around the division that's occurred around um, this specific talking point. Then he goes on and says, um, he specifically says, quote, it's not being anti vax. He did say that. Um, he talks about like levels of uncertainty that he has around the vaccine uh, and then speaks about how he knows the consequences that he makes with his life. And he knows um, that there are that there 
that this isn't like a, a decision made in a vacuum, that there's other pieces that are involved in this thing. Uh, then goes on to say, um, he supports people that get the vaccine. He wants, this is a quote, he do what's best for you. I continue to pray for all those who have lost people to the pandemic and COVID. Uh, and then goes on to kind of like lament around the craziness that he sees that himself as being sort of in the crosshairs of the debate, right? That he's, mm -hmm. that he's kind of emotionally says, I'm not the only one that's unvaccinated yet. I seem to be the only one anyone's talking about. And like maybe speaking about the unfair, probably what he deems to be an unfair spotlight being put on him. Mm -hmm. um, right. Is that good? Like, is this a summary? I, again, it's kind of hard to summarize this whole thing. It was long. It was a little bit all over the place at times. Um, is that like a, did I miss any key points in what he said? Cause I think we can then get to the, to this other Kyrie on a, on a personal level piece, but does that, well, is there any so, like major point I missed there? I don't think, I, well, maybe there is. No. Well, the only other, I thought the only other takeaway directly from how it related to basketball was at one point, not a direct quote, he mentioned about having some sense of of exemption around the requirements yep. to be okay. vaccinated by the NBA, yep. and I think that the the suggestion there was I was made assurances that I would be afforded an exemption around this and be able to continue playing basketball. It talks a lot about wanting to play basketball, not retiring. That's a big part of it too. Um, but I think I don't want to call it misleading. But from what we know around the NBA, there were two types, right? A medical or a religious exemption. And my my takeaway there was just briefly that I think that maybe he thought there would be a path for him to be exempt from it outside of those two avenues when those were the very clearly outlined avenues from the NBA that you would be afforded to, right? So, mm -hmm. and, that, and I think that does feed into all, all the personal element of it and what he was trying to decide on and if he thought that there was a possibility there and it turned out not to be, I can see from an emotional standpoint, maybe getting a little spiraled on the whole set of circumstances and, and having a sense that you were going to be able to do, take things one way and then you weren't able to. And again, it's all um, his, his perspective on what occurred as opposed to maybe what we'd like to say, you know, the, the cold facts of it all, but it, it, all, it all seemed genuine, you know, right or wrong. He was, it seemed like he was being genuine in everything that he said. Yeah, no, there's no doubt that it was genuine. I like, I, I very much doubt whatever opinion you had of Kyrie Irving in this situation going in, I, this is almost definitively not going to have changed it. Frankly, you mm -hmm. were probably going to go into this, whatever your preset notions around the whole circumstances and, and, and um, just the whole issue at large. My guess is this did nothing to change that, and you probably viewed this through that spectrum, would be my guess. Um, just that, That's my dime store psychology piece. But to, to talk about what you said before about Kyrie, um, in terms of feeling bad, I got this, it's, hard, it's, it's simultaneously hard to feel bad for him because, again, like we talked in yesterday and many other episodes, this is not the first time we've been around this um, carousel with him mm -hmm. on certain issues, and it's hard to know exactly if there's firm conviction around certain things or it's just this general sense of feeling like he's put himself into outsider status and is wanting to sort of stay there. And th that's where I kind of don't well, go ahead. I, it, maybe it, you have it, like a no in that regard. Cause I think you're right. Like it's like just because the circumstances in this particular instance seem like a very large topic, you know, pandemic vaccination, right? That seems like a very, a very big talking point, but it's a drop in the bucket or it's just another sample of things that he's done over the course of his career with and without the Nets, right? Prior to the Nets. But 
my sympathy is even around. Maybe he does. Maybe he does want to be in the crosshairs of things. Maybe he does want to be the center of these talking points. I, I still feel bad for him in that regard because there's some mechanism that exists in him that, that does have that desire, that does have that need. It doesn't mean that I think he's the, the victim of the circumstance. I, I can think that he's created some of these own problems for himself. And, and that makes me feel worse for him because it means that he's someone who's navigating his life and maybe falling back into a, into a similar pattern in, in different environments and not realizing I'm doing the same thing over and over again, even if I think I'm shifting the way I approach things. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I came to, I think, as well, is that this is just a pattern, uh, at least through, a, I'm going to say this, it's a career pattern. I have no idea what he's like in his regular life. We do not hang out with him. We do not know him personally. I'm just going to speak only from the career pattern here, where, where there's been a pattern of stuff that's happened, where it's been a little unclear what the end game was, and a little unclear what the not even the end game, like what the strategy or the thought process was either by just not letting, you know, people in on what the thought process was, which is his prerogative and just having it come out in dribs and drabs through social media or, um, cryptic messages or, you know, sidelining reporters and stuff like that. Again, his prerogative, but it doesn't necessarily any, and any lend any clarity to the situation ever. And so when there's continued lack of clarity, there becomes continued confusion. And what ultimately happens in these situations is when there's confusion or an information vacuum, the world will just fill in the gaps as they see fit, right? <laughs> like So when there's lack of information in situations like this, people, the media, fans, other players, everybody will then try to fill it in to make sense of it. That's just sort of human nature because if you don't know what's going on, your human nature will be to try to make sense of something and you'll do it through, through your own prism and worldview. And so and I think that's in personal that's relationships too, right? Like exactly with family members, when someone said you, your, your brother, your, your parents, someone says something to you, you're trying to apply it and, and understand what the perspective is. It's definitely feels different when you're trying to, seems like intimately understand someone that, as you said, we don't have any connection to Kyrie Irving directly, but we're trying to understand him on a level that probably anyone who is not directly connected to him, you're never going to. You're never going to get to that point. Right. And so I think that's just where we are with him. So this is all to say the Instagram Live was, I'm glad he did it. I think people are glad from a because he was one thing he was catching flack for in the media was the unwillingness to actually, and I've heard this from multiple national reporters is to say, and Christian Winfield had a good um, uh, post about this also just, and basically, and this is mirrors what a lot of people said. It was like, Hey, why didn't you just say all this in the first time we talked to you? We would have saved some of this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a little bit wishful thinking because judging by some of the reaction here, I, I don't think he would have saved himself any turmoil. It would have saved them. It would have lent more clarity to the situation earlier. I don't think it would, but no less, I, I, no less speculate or, you know, speculation or no less um, dissection of everything, right? You could oh, have yeah, done he would have taken just as many bullets. Yeah, exactly. He would have taken just as many bulls. They would have just been a different kind. It's like, I don't think there's (laughs) any, there's uh, people like to think it would have, it would have happened one way, but the (laughs) through rose all over the wire, it's like, you want it to be one way, but it isn't (laughs) like it's the other. So, um, Oh, go ahead. Because I think I have have another question about like sort of where we go from here. Oh no, that, that, that's exactly what I was going to say was now this all being the case. How do you, the information that we have from, from the Instagram live and, having as strong a sense as we've ever had where Kyrie is coming from, how does this now impact what the path forward is, right? Said he's not retiring. Yep. Said he, he loves basketball, wants to be playing. Yep. 
so now, but what is the perspective of the Brooklyn Nets? Like, where do they stand on on this? And do you, do you think this is getting any closer to there being, you know, we said, right, retirement, trade, or returns to play? Okay, let's take retirement out of that, that equation then. He said directly, he's not retiring from basketball. He loves to play. So yep. now we're down to, is it that he's away from the team? And when he comes back, he comes back. All indications are would be that there's not going to be a point where he decides to get vaccinated. If you if you take the IG, right, that, that you'd say he's not going to get vaccinated, so he's going to stay away. The only path back to Brooklyn would be if the mandates change in New York City. Or is there a realistic option that that maybe there is a trade scenario here for Brooklyn because we can put you in a spot to keep playing basketball. We understand the personal choice you've made, and, and maybe that is what makes the most sense for everybody so that you don't have to worry about this piece of it because there are a lot of places you could go where the mandates will not be impacting you and you'll be able to, to participate in the sport that you love. Okay, yeah. So I think that in the terms of the the, the uh, if statement decision tree here, I think you, you said it correctly to start. There's I think we take retirement off the table that had been bandied about as whether it was a trial balloon to get the Nets to do something or if it was whatever that was. I, I think we can take the, the at least for now, the retirement piece off the table. Mm-hmm. I think it was a really good sign from the IG live that he came at it from a point of vulnerability rather than being entrenched in this like um, sort of you know, screw you. I'm going to do what I want. Status like that was definitely not the tone. The tone was not I'm done. We're, we're done. That, yeah. That it's like my, I'm going to take yet. my ball and literally go home. Like that was yeah. not the tone. The tone was I'm confused. This is sad to me. I wish this wasn't happening this way. I want to play basketball. It is not working out the way I thought it was going to. Everyone else made a quicker decision about this. I didn't think I was going to need to decide about this in the same way. And I, and I'm just like, I'm admitting, because he does another thing where he says, he says, I've said tons of things wrong. We said this on the podcast yesterday. Yes, he sort of apologized. Yeah. He said, I've said, you know, we went through some of the examples of things that he has said wrong and then did, um, and then did like Mia culpas on them later on. Like he, he said that as much in the IG last night. He said, I've done, a, done and said a ton of stuff wrong and I'm trying to learn. I think the sense that he came at it from that direction, whether intentionally or unintentionally, may, to me, even if it seems like, because if you look at this through this anti-vax or non-vax lens, you're not going to see it this way. The way mm-hmm. I saw it was this was a guy that is basically saying, like, I want to come back and play basketball. I just need to probably make myself heard for whatever thing that Kyrie needs to do stuff like this for himself. But the fact that it was a vulnerable attitude rather than a standoffish attitude actually doesn't change my opinion at all from yesterday. With actually, I think he's actually closer to returning than we think. And now with this one thing out of the way, which is I've said my piece, like... I think the the path is still there because if I think if it had been a, this is BS, I'm a martyr. I'm taking everything. I'm the face of this. This is wrong. I can't believe if it was a lot of that, which it wasn't, mm-hmm. I think I'd be, have a different, I'd have a different feeling about it. The fact that it's like I said, it was vulnerable. It was emotional. I, and I'm saying this in, in the lens of a professional athlete, like this mm-hmm. isn't as emotional as you would get with your you know boyfriend or girlfriend. I, but from, from what we hear from professional athletes, this was, extremely vulnerable in a way that we do not hear from professional athletes often. And, and, by, and by quickly on that point, right? The, the media always, always asks you know, over, over the, over the years now it's been, we want more access. We want more honesty from athletes. And, and you know, this is an example when you, know, you say you want that honesty, 
Sometimes it's not going to, but it's not going to be the sweet, direct honesty where you go, oh my goodness, what an, what an emotional response you gave us after a game or on a particular topic because you're asking someone to be authentically themselves as opposed to putting on the boilerplate responses. And when you do that, it changes what that dynamic is. Now you're, now you're asking, take off your professional hat and put on your personal hat. Talk like we're friends. By the way, I'm a member of the media and I'm going right. to print these quotes in an article, right? So it's, right. you know, from that standpoint, just to, to that big picture view, like media, sometimes you drive a hard bargain about this stuff. Um, the other thing to your point, I take away the topic, any topic that th this is how Kyrie th is on everything. And I think that's something that we can say, you know, he said vulnerable and emotional that's on everything. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be about getting vaccinated or not, or in any of these circumstances, anything that is going to involve a personal perspective for Kyrie is something that he has a hard time with, that he has to process through. And I'm not even judging that. It just takes him time. And if you get caught off guard by something, then coming out and giving a contrived timeline about when I'll come to an answer, I can understand that that's hard. How, how, how do I tell you that on this date, I'll know what my intentions are when I'm not sure how I'm thinking or feeling about it? Maybe that does mean that he's closer to being back with the team than not. In, in the other big picture of the Brooklyn Nets and the instances that have occurred along the way, do you think that they are? Because they probably, if you if you believe that there's been behind closed doors conversations, then the Nets have known this. Like they've known where Kyrie stood on this topic and they were doing the same thing that they've done in the past, not airing the laundry out in public, saying there's a personal decision here. We respect Kyrie to make that choice and we'll see what happens essentially. But do you think that this... It's closer for Kyrie to return. Are the Brooklyn Nets closer to accepting him back? Sean Marks had said in the press conference, we would welcome him back with open arms should circumstances change. But it, again, I will go back to the one element that ties into it. If the mandate maintains in New York City, is there a, a threshold for the Brooklyn Nets where they say, we talked about it in the last episode, right? 40 games, 60 games, 80 games. Is there a cutoff point for the Nets where they would say, at a certain point though, it, it does make more sense for us to look at what opportunities might be there, assuming that the private conversations with Kyrie and his team would say, okay, like we would be open to that because I'm no closer to knowing where what I'm going to be comfortable with or making that choice for myself as opposed to, again, circumstances around the city. If he gets vaccinated tomorrow, he's back in the building, and I think they just move on. Now, whether they oh, extend Oh, yeah, 100%. Yes. Like, like, yes. Whether they extend... I think the extension talk is a different talk. I, I'm not mm -hmm. sure that, you know, given the amount of background they have in the situation now, they're willing to entertain another long-term uh, relationship with him. Uh, I don't want to speculate on that. My guess would be no, but talent wins. And, you know, when you're talking about a really talented player and... The way that the Nets have the, the way the contracts are structured, it's greatly beneficial for them to re-sign him as opposed to let him walk. Like mm -hmm. they cannot sign a player of his caliber with their salary cap restraints uh, going forward. That's just that's a math problem. So like he's their best chance at having another superstar on the team under the current salary. So that maybe allows you more patience around a situation than you normally would be comfortable with if it was someone else walking in uh, off off the street, proverbially. So, um. I just think that it's like still a basketball decision. I, I just don't think that they would. I, I don't think they're going to change their minds. I, I think that the vaccine, it's a vaccine and mandate is going to do all the talking now from mm -hmm. a, from a where they stand logistically. If those things change it, I think they would change with the rules. So if the rules were, were lightened and that was the new thing and that was still the case, I think they would bring them back in. I don't think there's any question there either. I think they're operating under this mandate thing that they just don't want to have halfway in, halfway out. Mm -hmm. And 
I don't think it was a personal decision. I, like, look, they want you want Kyrie Irving on your team. I, I don't know the basketball oh. standpoint. Like, there's no there's no question about it. So I think right. if you frame everything from a basketball standpoint, the answer is very simple. Um, this other piece has really clouded it to a point that really had them make a hard decision by saying we you know we don't want to have you halfway in into the season. I, is that is that answer your question? I, yeah, like, well, no, no, I I agree. Yes, if so, and I guess the follow up to it is, if the takeaway from the combination of the athletic and then the Instagram live with Kyrie, the takeaway is that he is not at a point or close to a point of making a decision about what what he's going to do to be able to come back and play basketball, i.e., getting the vaccine. Right. So we had said after the athletic article and prior to the Instagram live. We assume he gets vaccinated and returns to the team. I, while I think the most likely outcome is he comes back to the team, I don't know if the timeline that we thought was realistic. Within a month, he'll be back playing for the team. That I don't know. Like that piece of it, I think you talk about the vulnerability and the emotional you know, response from Kyrie. That, that led me to think, and I'm not judging it, just led me to think that here's this personal choice and there's no, there's no timeline outside of the mandate lifting, which would mean he wouldn't have to make that personal decision and still be able to come back and play basketball. I don't know if there's a timeline for when he'll make that decision. Because that was my big takeaway. I think he's still very much in a state of personal confusion, reflection, et cetera, about what he intends to do. So that, like, I, I did take away that, that, oh, I wonder if this means you have to push the pause button for more than a few weeks, for more than a month. And that's what I meant about where would the Nets stand? Say Kyrie is at this place where I, you know, maybe by the all-star break, I'll, I'll have a sense of what I want to do. Would the Nets having that in front of them say, okay, then here are the other options that we do have on the table potentially, right? Because Shams did indicate that teams would, of course, be interested in Kyrie, as, as you would assume, right? So there would be offers potentially. The longer that this that this hangs out there, maybe the Nets will start to receive conversations from other GMs saying, okay, understanding the circumstances of where Kyrie is, that changes how we, teams around the league, look at the opportunity or prospect of being able to get Kyrie. Yeah, I think that could change too. I, like, there's clearly still going to be a market. Some whether the market's you know palatable or not is unclear, but there's always going to be a market if you have talent. I, that's just the way talent works for the most part like look at how many look at athletes that have been in much more dire straits and you know legal ramifications and sort of just like bad guy territory that Kyrie is not in Kyrie is not a bad guy it's like by he's the way confu- he's a confused guy that's done him no, himself no favors with saying stuff like the earth is flat and stuff like that like it's he's a it's he he deserves some of this like I, for sure like that some of the takes are bad I don't know another way to put it <laughs> um so but there's but, been athletes that have done far more egregious things that Fans oh. and people, media and teams and organizations seem to be far more willing to forgive and overlook in pursuit of championships. Oh, Kyrie's hurt no right. He hasn't hurt anybody. He's not. He's, he's, there's no malice here. Like he's so, got some, he's got some bad ideas about things. I, I got right. no way to put it. Like he's got. So he's he's put out some bad ideas um, in the past. That is, and and maybe even in the present. Like that is, um, not that is, f- sure like true. Winning and playing basketball in the sports world cures a lot of that. We've seen it mm-hmm. um, time and time again. Uh, fans can be really forgiving around if, if a player, if you go out and win, like the most of that stuff gets scrubbed away pretty quickly. And so I think from that standpoint, uh, this conversation probably just flips pretty quickly with a few different things fall into place and we're not even talking about it anymore. Now, it might be well, some, the, now Kyrie, Kyrie's timeline would say something else will happen. 
<laughs> like that, right. like something like that. Like there's no chance there's there's a good chance that something else comes along, even if this one gets cleared away. But this one, I think, is just is it, it goes away really quickly with a couple of things happening. And mm-hmm. I, I, I still kind of think that happens. I, I just I, I think that we see him back in a uniform. That's maybe that's just me being glass half full. But I, I do think we see him back in, in a Nets uniform relatively soon. I, I think I would bet on that. I, I I probably might lose money, but I think that I would put the odds pretty close to even that it's pretty soon. I'm still. Yeah. And I'm still closer to that than I am towards anything else and I, and I, I the one thing too would maybe be that Kyrie being the type of person that he is maybe doing the Instagram live now you can you know absorb the way people have been reflecting on it in the media because that, that immediately Shams was on CNN dis- discussing right. this so but I I wondered if would that afford Kyrie some space in terms of the speculation and the you know and everyone just knocking at his proverbial door to respond, respond, respond. Maybe if he has a little bit of distance here from everything, then he can be, you know, more reflective on, on what he wants to do and that moves it. And then the other thing, not not to be speculative on it, but I think if it got to a place where Kyrie came to the table and said, I'm still unsure about it. I I, I don't know if I'm ever going to in this during this season come to a definitive decision about that. That's where I think, much like the Nets have done a great job organizationally, it's like, could you see the scenario where the Nets say, we love Kyrie. We've loved his time here. We appreciate everything that he's done for us. Now with this completely unexpected circumstance, Kyrie loves basketball, wants to keep playing basketball, and that's why we're going to execute trade Y. And we wish him nothing but the best. And we we hate that we're giving talent to another team to compete against us for a championship. Like, we've talked about this with Spencer Dinwiddie and other players in the organization just from a doing right by the player the Nets hold true to that, and we've talked about the organization, right, saying they do put players first. That that would be an interesting path forward where it is very much in respect of Kyrie, in respect of what the team wants to accomplish, and not having it be an ugly circumstance of we're going to trade you because you're choosing X or Y, just being this might be what's best for everybody. I, I just I wonder if that could be a possibility, though I, I agree with you. More than likely, I just think it's time, and then Kyrie gets back on the court, and he gets back with guys that – um, forward-facing to the media, have all been supportive of him. Yeah, like, dude, like, from a from a basketball perspective, that's how these guys are wired for the most part. If you Kyrie Irving makes your team better, people, players want the, to play with Kyrie Irving. I, it's pretty simple. I, the, the, yeah. This stuff, uh, like, along those t- those lines, it's really binary. It's one, is your team better or worse by having him? It's better. I, there's no, there's, that's it. That's point stop. Your team is better if Kyrie Irving's on it. I, like, if you're not making any other concessions somewhere, like, oh, you get Kyrie Irving, but you don't get player up B. Like, I'm not saying a situation right. like that. I'm saying if your team does not have him or he comes in the door the next day, your team just got better. There's no other – there's the that, – there's, that, that's it. That's, it. that's that's the whole thing. Now, unfortunately, there's this other baggage around it that – um, and if you run take a, a whip through the national media today, like you said, with Shams on, on, on CNN, he's responding to it. This is like national pile on day. It's whatever you felt about the situation ahead of time is now – Either you are digging your heels in on one side or the other even firmer. It did it did very little to change uh, anyone's mind, but from a bat from a strictly basketball standpoint, it's a pretty it's it's clear as day. So I don't think, and that's how most teams operate, frankly. So I, I just don't yeah. I, I don't think that it changes my mind anything like that. And I'll give us a bonus pat on the back here as we're going to wrap it up. But I, I'm also like I'm happy that that we're here having a 
I, like I said, we do a good job covering. I, I, I think we do a good job covering yeah. the NBA, covering the Nets. I think we do a good job covering these topics. Where well, can I say something about that? Because I we, think that, yeah. like, because here's the thing with most and people might I, rather I, us yell violently about this in some way, rather or than maybe and maybe do. we do this. And and frankly, throw a comment up on YouTube if if if, if you disagree with this statement. Uh, uh, I think that you and I don't have pre entrenched ideas around certain things, and so it makes it easier to sort of like go back and forth about what a situation is. And so maybe, maybe I'm dense and I, and I don't see myself and I don't take a good view of myself from the, from the outside looking in. I'm happy to hear it. If I don't, I I think some people think they think one way about themselves uh, and they don't. And so I'm, I I have pretty thick skin around this. I I would be happy. I would welcome someone saying, Hey dude, like you think you think this one way, but you don't. I think one reason it's easy to not get like, pull your hair out or pretend to pull your hair out, which is frankly what a lot of people do is that, when you come in with just a, I'm going to take this situation for what it is and then do and, and look at it and just try to be thoughtful around it. It does not, it's going to, it's going to come off not bombastic and it's not going to be hot takey. And maybe that's boring. And maybe it's going to vacillate a little bit between, Hey, I kind of see this side and I also see this side, but I also think it's like what most people should do when looking at a situation. And I mean, maybe he says something tomorrow that changes my mind and, and goes back and forth. That's okay. You don't need to be rooted in your, philosophies for life if you are then it's unlikely that you're being philosophical or thoughtful about them so if you if you knew what you were going to feel about the let me put it this way if you knew how you were going to feel about the instagram live before he even started talking you might want to do you might want to take like one step back and think about why that's the case yeah rather than just being mad or or happy (laughs) about what he said if you knew what you were going to get out of it before he even started talking then you need to take a little look inward i think there you go. So they look at that. Two guys just uh, perfect walking around the world doing it all right. Yeah, you couldn't have said any better. <laughs> just a couple of perfect guys with uh, no uh, perceivable flaws. So if you want to... Zero flaws. Feel free not to, yeah, to yeah, respond to If you just want a couple of guys that just don't have that, a single problem and get it. every single thing right, then come on over here. Then you lock the nets is the place for you to go. Okay. We, um, we're going to push back the Kane Pittman <laughs> one day, uh, either till Saturday or until Monday. Uh, that's gonna It's definitely going to go up the, the crossover podcast we did with Kane Pittman from uh, Locked on Bucks. It's a really good one. Uh, the Kyrie Instagram thing just took a little bit more center stage because there's a lot to there's a lot to dissect from, from what he said and how it was going to, you know, conceivably could you know lend some light to the situation so uh we will have the cane one up uh like i said either saturday or monday it kind of depends on the rest of our schedule but it will be up in short order in the meantime you can check out this episode and more on the locked on nets youtube channel make sure you subscribe over there numbers climb and try to get to a thousand i think we're pushing up against 300 right now uh love to get a thousand by you know beginning of the season slash a little bit into the season that's our goal you can help by liking and subscribing over on youtube speaking of perfection I think the perfection of love is that it's not perfect. Taylor Swift. Ooh, mm. one of the all-time great poets. Yeah. Uh, folklore, baby. Take that. All right, we'll bank. be back again. <laughs> we'll be back again tomorrow and then probably the next day and the next day after that talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. <laughs>